Hey everybody, Rev GDT here, man. Just kicking back, you know how it is. It's uh, Saturday. Oh man, it's nice outside. It's actually kind of overcast and a little drizzly, but off and on, but it's nice. It's a nice day. Um, you know, I was just sitting there thinking this morning about some stuff that I, I was, uh, um, you know, I do social media too as well, you know, and I, I post things and sometimes I repost stuff. And, and um, you know, I used to hang out with a lot of Christians and stuff and I'm going to talk about this a little bit and um, some issues I have with Christianity or with Christians, not Christianity itself, but Christians. Um, and, you know, real Christianity, pure Christianity is following Christ, just being an intense follower of Christ. Somebody that just loves Jesus and, and is working at obeying what Jesus said, not what anybody else says, but what Jesus says. Now, there's a lot of thought and theology, uh, theological thought that's imposed upon Christians when they go to church, and if you're indoctrinated with any doctrine of any church branch or anything, there's some very basic things that are up, make all Christians the same, and then um, there's some things that make uh, differences, and this is why there's so many different Christian branches. Well, it's different, like, you know, different, you know, there might be, like, uh, you know, Calvary Chapel as opposed to, you know, Maranatha people or, you know, the the Pentecostal people as opposed to the Baptist or the Episcopalian opposed to the, you know, the, the, uh, the um, you know, Presbyterian or Lutheran opposed to whatever. You know, see, there's all these different sects of Christianity, right? Differences of opinion. Um, in Peter, it talks about being of like-minded faith. He talks about that, and that like-minded faith is, is that your faith is like-minded, you know. Your faith works a certain way. Other people say it works a certain way, and they, we all gather in those areas where we're like-minded, and that's just how the fellowships have been going. And if you look across the expanse of Christianity in modern days, that's how it is, you know. But um, here's the thing, though, and this is also what causes um, church splits. And I've been in a couple of church splits, and they were no fun. You know, and it's no fun actually losing friends either. You know, people that you bonded with over time, especially if you grew up in the church like a kid, like you're a kid. And now, you know, you grew up as a kid, then a teenager, then an adult, young adult. And then, you know, maybe you're an older adult. You know, I kind of didn't have that luxury, um, luxury to do that. But I had I had tastes of it, you know, because I went to church when I was a little kid and stuff. And and then as a teenager, kind of went off and on every once in a while. Then as a young man, I went and just jumped right into it feet first and just kept going. And eventually was living in a church. Eventually, you know, I just following God's spirit, you know, um, to do things. Um, but um, over the years, I've also been like, um, I used to never vote. And then when I did start voting, it wasn't until I was 27 and I was living in Chicago and I voted for the first time. And I voted for Mickey Mouse for president. And I did that and I kept doing that. I did that for quite a few years. Even when I came back here, I voted Mickey Mouse for president or Donald Duck. And I, one of my, I like to, my, my favorite one is Daffy Duck, but I didn't want him to be president because um, he couldn't be goofy enough. You know, and I because I, I like watching him be goofy and I didn't think he'd be goofy enough. I think he'd make a bad president because he'd be either too goofy and whacked out of his mind and probably push the button and kill us all. Or, you know, so I never voted him. Yeah, I know. Stupid rationale. I know. But still, I mean, if you're going to vote for somebody, you know, know what you're doing. You know, I voted one time for Wiley Coyote when I was younger. Um, I think actually that's the second time I voted. I voted for Wiley Coyote um, back in back in the mid first part of the 80s and then you know and then I didn't vote for a long time then I voted again so anyway as I go on I voted I voted um different I vote different all the time and so when I at one point I voted for Bush for president at one point I voted for um Bush, I voted for him a couple times actually and I voted I voted mainly Republican for for a couple few elections you know and um but I always got accused of being a liberal I always got accused of, of voting liberal and I always get accused and, and kind of like 
People, when they found out that it wasn't, they were surprised because of where it did, did take a stand. I'm not Republican either. It was just at the, at the time, those were the best, best. I was taught this. Okay, I was taught this early on. When you go to vote, Ron Brown, he's a, he's, a, he's a man of God. Okay, he lived in Jesus People community for lots and lots of years, like 40-something years. He might even still be there and still be alive. He's an intake taker. He's a, so if you go to Jesus People Live, he's one of the elders. He's the intake elder. He's the one that you'll meet, and he'll give you assignments and things like that around the house and things like that and assign you a family. He's the guy. He's the main guy, he's the main guy that intakes, and he's awesome, a good friend, really cool guy. Always reminded me kind of uh, like he had kind of a, uh, 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 a movie star quality about him almost, kind of almost like a Bill Cosby-type movie star quality. You know, more like uh, like when he was doing um, when he was doing that show, you know, the Cosby Show, when he's doing the one where uh, he had the family and stuff, right? You know, can't remember what that was called. It was a Bill Cosby show, I guess. I don't know, but anyway, outside of everything else, he's Cosby's messed up on just this one thing. This guy reminded me kind of of a really cool, smooth, you know, but but really his own personality too. You know, he's a really cool guy, real cool guy. Okay, right. So now that we got that established, so anyway, this guy he um. He, he told me, he says this, he goes, you know, when you go to vote, he goes, vote the least of the two evils, the lesser of two evils. And well, I was always taught by my Bible not to vote for any evil, but, you know, makes kind of sense, though, you know, the lesser of the two evils. So that's what I've always done. And that's how I've always voted. And sometimes I end up voting Democrat. Sometimes I end up voting Republican. Sometimes I end up voting um, sometimes I, I'll vote all Republican on one bill. Sometimes the next election I'll vote all Democrat. Sometimes I'll vote independent. If an independent rises up, I'll vote independent because I lean more towards the independent. I lean more towards the independent and I also lean more towards the, uh, uh, the okay, so there's some, some areas. I don't agree with all the really super hardcore black and white stuff. I have a hard time jumping on one side of an issue and another side of an issue when I understand both sides of the issue. And when I've done my research, and believe me, I do research. And, but I've been accused by people who don't do research, who just think that I'm a certain person, or I did something a certain way. And I think the reason why is they do this is because they just want to, and here's, and I'm going to sum it all up at the end of this, but what I'm talking about is this. When people like you've been friends with for a long time decide they don't want to be friends with you anymore. And I talked about this the other day. Some friendships time out, and some do. And maybe this is a timing out of a friendship, but yeah. So I got accused uh, by a friend that I've been friends with for a long time of uh, being a liberal a couple of times, but I've never, I'm not a liberal, though. I, my, my thinking lines in right in the middle. It's right in the middle. And so I'm like, oh, the reason why most of the time I didn't vote for people all those years is because I couldn't pick a person to vote for because I couldn't find someone that had my values and my, my, my position where I stood at. And when I talk to people, most people, after they talk to me, they say, well, you're a liberal because I had long hair and tattoos or I smoked pot or, or I, you know, I hung out with, um, freaking hookers sometimes, um, you know, and uh, people say, well, that's kind of weird. What do you mean by hooking, hanging out with hookers? Hey, listen, man. Um, when God sends you to go talk to somebody and pray for them, you go do it. And sometimes you make friends with the strangest people. But that's okay because God's church is everywhere. It's not, you're, you're the church. We're the church. I'm the church. But here's church doctrine noise. So you get saturated with church doctrine. You have to think like they do. And if you don't, then all of a sudden you're cast out. That's called cultism. And I have some friends that are caught up in that. and They don't understand that. and They don't know it. And I can't tell them either. It's like I can't tell them. I was caught up in it too. I didn't know I was until I had an awakening. And then all of a sudden everything changed. And then I had a real awakening. I mean, I had an awakening there. That was back uh, in um, 2006 when I was really super sick. 
on my bed and I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. My knees were locked up. I was all fucked up, man. And I was all fucked up because the church had hurt me really bad. And some of my Christian friends were, that I was friends with were, were right there. They were brothers. But then all of a sudden, now I'm not their brother anymore. This one person says to me, he says, he says, well, I don't even know how you can call yourself a Christian. Well, to be honest with you, I don't anymore because Christianity doesn't mean what it did when Jesus walked this earth. It doesn't. Christianity doesn't mean that what Jesus did when he walked this earth, and he didn't save us to become Christians. He saved us to become friends and disciples and the bride of Christ. He saved us for his love. He saved us for himself, not for us to become uh, caught up in occultism, because Christianity's turned into cultism, and I'll tell you what it has. I'm calling it straight out. I'm calling it out right now. Christianity has turned into cultism. It's everywhere. It's not just in the churches you go to on Sundays. It's everywhere. But guess what? The bride's out there too, in all those places too. And I run into the bride all the time. I run into some really good people that call themselves Christians, but they believe they believe wholeheartedly in everything, and they try and do everything they can to practice what Jesus teaches. And that's my heart. That's how I am. But I get accused of other stuff because people think outside of their box too far into the zone of freaking deception, and they're freaking twisted. And I'm like going, and they'll, they'll stand there and say, well, you're the ones to see because you think blah, 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 because you're accused by, you know, and they, and they always want to turn it around on you. But the truth of it is, is that when you get accused of something, you know, I got accused on a post I posted on my social media account um, of being um, a liberal. And then that person actually went as far as, and I said, and being uneducated. And I said, I have educated myself. And I reposted, I, re, I rebuttaled that post and I, and I, and I, you know, came up on top because I posted. So they grabbed another argument out of the whole thing and threw it at me and then said, this is why we're not friends anymore. Because you're a liberal, and you, I don't even know how you can call yourself a Christian. Well, listen, Christians are not are not what Jesus, Jesus, Jesus didn't. Uh, they're not following Jesus, uh, especially when you're in judgment like that. Because Jesus said, "Don't judge." I'm doing everything I can not to judge this person. I'm going like, man, Lord, I don't want to judge this person, but man, I gotta judge for myself something. And He says, "What's that?" Daniel says, "You know what it is. I'm gonna have to cut this person off because they're toxic. They're toxic to me, and this person always wants to talk down to me." And not build me up. And I've done nothing. Whenever I've posted something on this person's post, I've, it's always been built up. I built up the character person publicly. When if you got something to say, I'm going to say this to you guys now, right? Everybody's listening. Get this in your heart and do the honorable thing. A gentleman does not go up to another gentleman and stand five feet away from him and yell at them in front of everybody their dirty laundry. You don't air out their laundry. You don't go and you don't shame them. And No, a gentleman goes up to him in his space leans into his ear and whispers the grievance in his ear. That's how gentlemen handle things. I, I, I'm not that much of a gentleman in some ways, but in that way, I really am. And there's some other ways. In other ways, man, you don't do the dishonorable thing and dishonor people in front of other people. You don't do that. That's wrong to do that. Calling people out in front of other people is wrong. Okay? I'm saying it right now. Unless you're doing like an open mic thing and you're having a mic jam and you're doing you you know, something freaking where, you, where you're roasting each other or whatever publicly and you're having fun or whatever. No, no, that's okay. That's cool. But that's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about freaking getting on somebody's post, man, and freaking harassing them for what they believe and then right there publicly saying, this is why we're not friends, blah, 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 this, and defaming that person on his own page on a post that he didn't actually post that. I reposted a post that somebody posted on the abortion thing. Okay, I don't stand on either side of that issue because I understand both sides of it and I can't make a decision. I can't. It's wrong, but it's also wrong, too. So it's wrong and wrong. Both two, Those two wrongs don't make it right, and I'm trying to find the right standing ground, and, and I understand both positions. And I get it. I get both positions. Yeah, the, the Christians believe that a lot of freaking children have been killed at, the, at, at sacrifice to demons. Basically, that's what they believe. 
They believe that uh, it's it's indoctrin they're indoctrinated with this. It's in it's especially Pentecostal people and charismatic people. They're indoctrinated with the belief that. And here's the thing, though: you're going to find liberal and conservative Christians in churches everywhere. It's a mixed crowd, and so but there's also division there, and usually it's over political stuff. So they try not to keep the to keep uh, talk about the political stuff. But you know what? When you're amongst friends, you can't help it. And then all of a sudden, your friend not, not friends with this person. I made friends with this person long before he even knew I was a Christian. Actually, he didn't know I was a Christian until I went and worked out with him at the gym. And that was like a week or so after we made friends. He actually got it, you know, came... Uh, anyway, I'm not going to go into the story, but anyway. We worked out together for a little while and stuff. And so I'm not going, why are we not friends or brothers? Or I'm not even a liberal. You're, you're assuming... So I told him, I said, man, you're assuming way too much and this is, wrong, this is wrong. But I can't... I have to make a decision. This is, this is something that's come up now here. I don't like to keep record of anything wrong, but this has come up now. He has a tendency to want to rebuke me and... And always try to be my teacher and stuff. He's not even older than me. Hasn't been walking with Jesus as long as I have. Hasn't been doing ministry as long as I have. Um, yeah, sure, he did power ministry and stuff like that. But, man, he, he you know, I'm, I don't take that away from him. But I've been freaking walking and doing ministry with Jesus since uh, 1979. You know, walking with Jesus since, like, way before that. I was 14 when I actually confessed Christ on my bed and called him into my life. You know, because I, I, was, I was messed up, man. I was pretty messed up and I needed him. Needed help. And he came into my life at that point. You know, as that's I am. That's when I asked him in. You know, when you're a little kid and you pray the, the Lord's Prayer in church and stuff like that, that means something. But, you know, when you're a teenager and you do it, it really means a lot. It, it changes everything. And it did. It was, it's been a radically bumpy road the whole time. And I've had issues with friendships in the past, you know, stuff like that, because sometimes we just don't, you know, I'm, I'm stubborn in my ways, they're stubborn in their ways, or whatever. And we, or, or things just time out. We just time out. Or people just go in different directions, whatever. We still are friends, but we're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you don't see them very often, you know, maybe once every 50 years or something, right? You know, <laughs> every 20 years, you know. Um, but the thing is, is it's like, this is the thing, though. This is the thing, though. To sit there and do that publicly in front of other people, for what reason? What is the gain out of that? To, to defame another person, you know? Um, that's the work of the enemy that does that. A devil does that. A devil does that. And I'm sitting there looking at this going like, well, wait a minute, man. I'm being accused of freaking not even being a believer anymore. You know, and I'm like going, why is this going on? And so I, I started seeing, seeing something in this whole thing. Now, I'm not letting it bother me. I just wanted to talk about this, get it out in the air, get it out in the air, because maybe you guys can learn something from it too. Maybe I can learn something from it just by, by talking about it, you know, because I am picking up some information and stuff. But here's the thing. I know what I've been doing on my path. I know what I've been doing. I know where I'm at. I know how, how heartbroken, you know, I am over everything. You know, I know myself. Do you know yourself? Do you let things like this bother you? Or am I going to let this bother me for three or four days? No, I'm not going to. I'm talking about it right now because it's fresh, getting it out in the open and letting this all out. But I want to stay on the, on the healthy side of it. You know, he's still my friend. He's still my brother. But I can't afford to have him be connected to him in the way that we were connected before. And we were connected very closely. Well, he severed that already. I didn't even know he severed it, uh, but I was curious about it. It had been for a while. I gave him my phone number, my new phone number, but he never gave me his. And then he just kind of kept me at arm's length. I'm kind of like, why is he doing that? You know, and I didn't understand why. But I, I understand why now. So that came out in the open. So I got some information, right? So that's good. But that means something, though. It means that there's things that are changing. Listen, man, I keep seeing recurring numbers all the time, right? Well, lately I've been seeing 444. And I know what that is. It's an open door. It's a new door. It's a new beginning. I know what that is. And so I'm looking at this going, okay. And as I see this, I'm also seeing 11-11, and I'm also seeing 12-12. And 11-11 is, you know, your twin flame. 
your twin flame is not your soulmate. Your soulmate's uh, your brother, your sister, your your cousin you've been in in soul contact with for j different cycles, life cycles. But your soulmate actually, your, your twin flame is actually your your lover. You know, your it's your it's your one, it's you, it's your your other half. You know, your your better half. You know, guys. Yeah, you want to go in here? Yeah, you do. Want to tell everybody to say hi? Say hi, everybody. You say hi. Okay. She said hi, everybody. <laughs> That's Callie. She's a really cool cat. She's amazing. I'll see you later. Right she, she walks off. So, you know, you look at, I'm looking at these different things. And I'm seeing all this stuff. And new beginning, you know. And so here's what happens when you go through new beginnings. And I've gone through lots of new beginnings and um, in lots of areas of my life. But then here's a lot of times, a lot of things like, it's like, um, so petals will fall away. Friendships, some friendships will fall away, they, but they need to because they're not. You have each one of you has a mission. We don't know what this mission totally is because we can see glimpses of it as we go. And I'm just kind of giving you a, a bird's eye view of how I see this, but we each have a mission. It's written on our hearts, and every once in a while we see, we catch glimpses of it. And we go, oh yeah, you know, and then we keep going, right? But you got to remember something. Don't get, don't fret over the things that are left behind. Don't think, fret over the things that are that are gone, that are swooped away, you know, that, that vanish, that, that 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 dissipate. Don't don't fret over anything. As a matter of fact, keep your faith on God and keep your eye on the prize. And the prize is 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 the end, you know. And whatever that vision is you have in front of you, and that that goal that you have, keep that right in front of you and keep working on it until you pass through it and you go to the next one. And you keep going and keep going. Don't worry about what anybody says about you. You know, deal with the situation at the time, but don't let it linger in your heart and, and turn into something weird and create a form of bitterness, which turns into a bad root. And it's, it's, it's hard to get that out, man, over the years. And when you get older, it's harder to dig that stuff out. You know, and I'm talking about the root of bitterness, you know, don't let that get in there because it can turn your heart away from everything, including away from God. It can turn you away from your, your vision, your dreams, your everything. It'll change your, it'll change your course. It changes your course into a toxic course, which is not good. You want to be in a, in a less toxic course. And listen, some friends time out. Some friendships time out. Maybe they timed out a long time ago. And I pretty much this one probably did a long time ago. But listen, here's the thing. It doesn't mean, it's, it doesn't mean that they're not friends anymore. It doesn't mean that you're not friends with them anymore. Unless you, even if you have a knockdown, drag out fight. It still doesn't mean that. What it means is that you need to move on. And that where that gap is, where that hole is created, where that, 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 um, that chamber is created, it'll get filled up with something else. Another friendship. It may be, it may be even an animal. <laughs> you never know. You know, God is uh, really cool with variety, and He loves variety. And you can see that in the way that Jesus prayed when He walked around praying for people. You know, but you see, if you know what you've been doing, then you know that none of that stuff can stick to you. And so I know that none of that can stick to me because I know where I'm standing at. You know, and every single person on this planet has a right to vote any way they want to, and not be persecuted for that by anybody, especially by Christians who think that they're in the right when they're not in the right because they're judging and persecuting another believer. And, they're, and what that person did is, well, so I want to say this, that what this person did, though, was wrong in God's eyes. That's another reason why I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to try to fight for it or anything. I'm, I put it in his hands. I just gave it to God. I just said, hey, Lord, you know what? This is kind of weird, but you know what? Now that I understand this better and more clearly, I put this in your hands because I know that I'm not in the wrong. I didn't do a damn thing to justify any of this. I didn't do anything. There's no reason to do that to anybody. You know, that's like saying, okay, I can go into the world and I can find people that are in the world that are not Christians. 
and I can do business with them, like go to the bank and do banking with them, or is there, it may be a grocer, it may be a person at the gas station, maybe somebody else. And they're okay, and I won't say anything to them about their life or anything. They know where I stand because I go to church and I preach, and when I stand on the corner and preach or whatever, I go preach, I stand there and I preach Jesus, and they know my heart. Okay? But then you have a friend that changes maybe political doctrine around a little bit, and all of a sudden he's not your friend anymore because he changed politically. But he's still walking with the Lord, still loves the Lord. You haven't even talked to him and asked him. You haven't even went and examined, close close examination. You're just standing far away saying this. And he is far away too, by the way. He's been far away for a long time. and But you're standing far away and saying this. You haven't even talked to him and asked him. That is a mistake, my friend. That is unwise. And guess what happens when that happens? You put him in God's hands. God's, I guarantee you this. I'm not going to say it. What, I'm, what I was going to say, but I'm going to say this. God will deal with it, and it'll get ratified. It'll get straightened out, and no worries, you know. So you just keep moving. But know this, man. If you know where you're walking, you know what you're doing, then don't worry about it. And keep moving, because you got better things to do and greater things to achieve in this world than to actually be stuck in a space where you're spinning your wheels in a place of drama and chaotic nonsense for no reason because somebody else doesn't like something you said or did. So there you go. <laughs> Anyway, I wanted to talk about that. So if you're indoctrinated with Christianity, Christian thought, and you're, you're thinking, man, why, you know, how can that be wrong? Here's, here's what happens. How can that be cultish? Here's what happens. They teach you in Christianity, especially in Pentecostal Christianity, they teach you, and, and uh, Charismatic Christianity, they teach you don't, I wouldn't read anything other than what a Christian wrote, okay? That's what they teach you. They teach you, oh, they say that to you. They reinforce it. They're like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't. Oh, what kind of books do you like to read? Well, I like to read, uh, say, Piers Anthony. I loved his novels. They're awesome, man. Uh, fantasy novels. Uh, Piers Anthony novels. Oh, oh, man, I don't know if I'd read that. I wouldn't read anything other than something a Christian wrote because, you know, you don't want to be take, you don't want to take in what the world believes because then, it'll, then, it'll, then you'll be mixed and then you'll, it'll lead you away from Jesus. Okay, I did exactly the opposite of that after I got accused of that. Okay, I got accused of that. I, I was indoctrinated with that, and I was doing that for a long time. That's how I believed, and that's the way I was. Then one day, I was accused of that by somebody that saw, saw something I posted on Facebook about 20 years ago, and, um, and I got accused of that by a whole bunch of Christians, and so I did exactly what they accused me of, and guess what I found out? They're believing a lot of things they believe are lies, and a lot of things they believe are not. They're transposing some things that are in the Old Testament into today's world, and you can't do that. Because it's not the same, they're they're saying that it's, you're they're sacrificing de, you know, to demons of worship, but that's not what's going on here. There's something else going on here. That's not what's going on. But they believe that, and so if they believe that, you're not going to change that person. But if you don't believe that way, then you're cast out. Guess what, man? That happened to me, man. It happened to me a couple times in a couple different places. If I don't believe certain things that people believe down to the core, then they get talking amongst themselves when they're not supposed to do that because gossip's wrong. God hates gossip. That's one of the main sins that he hates. He actually says that in Proverbs 6, uh, 6, 16. You know, he hates gossip. He hates it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, not a, it's an abomination to him. And yet they'll sit there and gossip among themselves. And then pretty soon, all of a sudden, now you're getting ostracized because they, don't, they believe that you believe something that you may or may not even believe. But they got to believe. You see, it's just like the witch hunts. It's the same thing as a witch hunt. Don't be that way, people. That's dishonorable. First off, it's wrong, and you're going to, guess what? You'll reap what you sow. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Just hand him over to the universe, man. Here you go. Hand him over to God. There you go, man. God will pick him up and spank him if they're doing something wrong. And he will. Believe me, I know because I've been spanked before by God. I know. I know for a first hand. You don't go around screwing with his, you know, the people that God has got what he's doing stuff with, you know. You don't screw, screw around with them. You don't screw around with them at all. As a matter of fact, you honor them. And when you honor them, guess what happens? You receive a portion of what he's receiving. It's actually scriptural. And it's true, too, because that happens to me all the time. You know? So I, I learned all this the hard way. That's why I know this. I know it. I know it very well. I know how you can point out somebody that's got an immature Chris, Christian belief or has an immature faith in God or has an immature, is immature in their walk with God by exactly that very thing. The very thing I'm talking about. And other things, too. Judging other people is not right. You know, okay, so you judge, guess what? You'll be judged exactly the same way that you judge, that you handed out the judgment. Oh, my God, man. A loss of friendships, a loss of... It's going to suffer loss. You know? Trying to cause somebody else to suffer loss is going to cause you to suffer loss. You don't want to do that. That's not good vibration to eat. That's not good food to eat. You can't eat that energy. And listen, we're eating energy all the time. You can't eat that energy. That energy gets inside of you, and guess what it turns into? It turns into destruction. But when it's not inside of you, guess what? You don't have to eat it. You have a choice. You can choose something else to eat. Choose life. Don't choose death. Choose life. Don't choose choose blessing, not cursing. Choose freaking, you know, choose, make the right choices in these things. Don't go wham blasting somebody because you think you have an upper hand on them and you should. And don't ever do it publicly. Because guess what will happen to you? Exactly the same freaking thing. And you ain't going to like it when it happens. You go, oh, 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 You know, if you got dirt on somebody, you give that dirt to God. You don't hold on to it yourself, and you don't keep that to throw back in their face. You know, and if somebody's accusing you of something that you, they think that you should be doing, and you're not doing it, and they, they keep accusing you of not doing it, and you keep saying, hey, man, I'm trying, but I'm not getting it, you know, set them up. Show them. Show them. Just to show them. Just show them. How many times you don't do what they're doing to you behind their back? Show them. Just say, okay, leave something behind that they've left that they've left out that they that they've been accusing you of doing, and leave it out and let them see it for themselves so that they can see it. And that's between you and that person and God. It has nothing to do with nobody else. You go up and you whisper in their ear and you tell them, "This is what's going on." Blah 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 blah. And then step back and wait. And then they come to your ear and they said, "I'm sorry." And then you guys hug it out or whatever. Or or you guys might have to hash it out later. Then you say, well, well, maybe a little bit later we need to talk about this privately. And then you go into a private place and you talk about it. You don't do it, air it out. You know, that's mean-spiritedness that's like that. I see that vein of mean-spiritedness. It's on the head of, of Republican Party. It's definitely popping out of the forehead of the Republican Party right now, big time. And they're doing underhanded stuff, man. It's just not right. I can't be on board with the Republican thinking at all because their thinking is not conservatism. You know, I am on board with some conservatism, but I'm also on board with some progressivism too. You know, some some liberalism. Some I'm in the middle, like I said. But here's the thing, man: when you purposely fucking do shit to screw everything up, and then you make every and you do it with underhanded and dirty, dirty, just dick dastardly, dirty ways. Of doing it in dirty means, like I've been watching Republicans do politically, then you're still on board with that, then I've got issues with that. I got big issues with that. I can't stand there. 
Because I'm not going to do that, man. I'm not going to do what these guys are doing. I'm not on board with what they're doing in a lot of ways. But I do believe in, in conservative politics, though. A lot of it. But not the way it's being presented now. The very, the very, yeah, the very same thing. I haven't shifted over to, to being a liberal, you know. But I am liberated in many ways. And I do now, now because I've been accused of it. Guess what, people? <laughs> You're going to see something crazy. But here's the thing, though. The only reason why I would even vote for anybody is because I believe in what they were saying in their heart. I believe what they were saying. I believe that they were good and that they were going to do do what they can to actually do something something better for the country. And I believe that the other candidate was not worth voting for. That's why. That's the only reason why I've ever voted the way I voted. So judge me the way you want to judge me. Call me political. Don't call me brother anymore because you're not my brother if you're going to act like act like that. But you are my brother because I call you my brother because I don't throw my brothers away. And I have friends that I've... I've disconnected myself with on purpose because they're toxic and they're always trying to freaking give me the what to and stuff. I don't need that in my life, man. I'm freaking 60 years old, almost 60. I'm 59. You know what? Don't tell me what to freaking do. No, uh -uh, because you haven't proven to me that you're God and God's the only one governing this soul. And that's where it should stand. And so I just want to say to you guys, man, wherever you stand at, don't freaking judge another person because of which light you stand in and you believe that you're standing in the light because you might not be standing in the light. You might be thinking you are. And you might be deceived because we, none of us really know. I'm in the same boat. I'm saying that to myself, man. I put one finger at you. I got three point back at me. Come on, man, you know. I know. I'm not dumb. I'm not playing around. People think I am, but I'm not, you know. You may look at me and see this guy that's kind of whimsical and has a smile on his face and, you know, takes things really light and just and is mellow. Well, I wasn't raised that way. I was raised in violence and craziness and fucking psychoticness. I came home to, every day I came home to a house that I had no idea whether or not it was safe or not to come home. Every freaking day. As a kid and as a freaking young, a young teenager and as, even as a young man. You know? Yeah, man. man I freaking got married as a young man and I came home to a vase in the face one time. I got, got scars proven on my forehead. I had a big old knot. I just freaking bone growth growing out of my forehead now because at the end of that crack, there's a split right there and it goes up my freaking forehead and right in, right in the middle, almost in the middle of my forehead, I get this bone growth and it's right at the end of that crack, you know, so it causes bone growth too. And I'm like, oh, I'm great. I'm going to have a bone scraped, you know, have that scraped, scraped off my forehead one day, you know, because it's starting to stick out, man, you know, so it's starting to look like a small little horn or something, you know. That's from a vase in the face from a freaking crazy wife. A crazy freaking nympho wife that couldn't keep her pants on and liked to jump in from sack to sack on my friends' houses and then some of my, well, acquaintances too. And some of my acquaintances and people I didn't know either, but man, I was able to track her down easy. You know, when you've got gifts that can track people, I got radar gifts. I go in the mountains, I don't take a compass because I don't need one. I can see where to go. And that's, I can explain that to you in detail, but we won't get into it in this conversation. We'll get into it in a different one. And I did. did a lot of backpacking in the, in the Sawtooth Mountains up here in Idaho. And, and spent a lot of time in the mountains. A lot of time. A lot of time. A lot of time in the mountains. And um, no compass. Didn't need one. Always could see the trail. See the trail light up. Light up. Light up like a string lights up. Like, a, like, a, like there's a light. Little, a light string over, over everything. Even can all be the same color and it still light up. I'll see it and I'll walk on that trail. That trail always get, took us where we needed to go. Every single time, too. Never was, never missed a target, never missed a shot. I always took us where we needed to go. So I'd always, my friends, man, that I hiked with me, they're like, dude, take the lead because I lost the trail. I'm like, all right. So I'd walk in the back until somebody said, take the lead, and I'd take the lead, and then we'd just walk right. And then we, <laughs> from then on, man, I was just stayed in the lead. 
You know, they just keep me in the lead because I can see it. It's a ranger gift. I don't understand it, but I, I've got it. You know, I've got all these other different kind of weird gifts too, man, that, that happen and stuff. And I've been exploring these gifts and playing with them and exercising with them. I just have call playing with them and using them when, they, when, I, when I need to. But I learned that I have these gifts and I started pulling them out. I can pull them out now at times when I need them. I can actually pull them out at times. They don't just appear like they used to. Now I can pull them out because I've been exercising these for years. But see, all this stuff was all directed by Jesus. I'm talking to him, asking him what to do on the inside. Sometimes even under my breath. Sometimes I'll see, I don't care who's around. Sometimes I need to get a clear answer and I can't get one from the inside. So I'll ask him out loud, right in front of you, right there in front of your face. I'll be like, just a second. Jesus, I need a clear answer on this. What, what are you saying? Can you explain this to me? And sometimes I'll turn away from you, just a little bit away from you so I can talk to him and ask him just so I'm out of that space with you and him, you and me, so I can ask him so I can actually hear because sometimes I can't hear that, hear what he's saying inside and he'll still tell me i'll wait for a second and i'll hold my hand up if you're going to say something i'll say wait just wait he hasn't said anything yet and i'll hear him when i hear him clearly on the inside that's what i'll say and that's what i'll do and that's and i just that's how it works but i had to learn how to be that way and i learned that by being around other believers other believers that were more mature than i and one of the things i learned was don't judge people and don't do it openly like that because that is wrong. It's the spirit of wickedness that's doing that, and it's wrong. And people that think they're, they're right in doing that, and, they're, and they'll justify themselves, will pull out New Testament scriptures that are past what Jesus said. They'll go right to what Paul did to Peter when he did it openly. And he said, and then Paul taught on that. Guess what, guys? Um, we all know that it's wrong to sh heap shame on people. You need, you need to go look at freaking the laws of the, laws of, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the freaking, um, what are those laws called? The 12 laws. The 12 other laws. 12 laws of, the laws of the universe. The universal laws. Look at the universal laws, man. You do that, you're heaping shame on people. Okay, I'm going to give you a list of something here, okay? Here's some things to dwell on. Okay, here's some things to not dwell on, some things to dwell on. There's a guy that tested all this stuff. The book, um, Power versus um, Authority. Authority versus Power, I think it's called. Uh, no, not Authority versus Power. It's Power. Oh, that's it. Force. Force versus Power. Get that book and read it. It's eye-opening, okay? It's real practical. But it, these things vibrate at a certain, certain, temp, a certain frequency, and they can, they can measure its vibration. And anything, like anger vibrates at 200, okay? But joy vibrates at like over 1,000, you know? Okay, so when we talk about vibration, we're talking about energetic vibration. We're talking about its energy. It contains this much energy in it. So like um, on a scale of 1 to... Um, like say, we'll just say a thousand, one to a thousand. Joy is at a thousand. Enlightenment's above that, though. There's there's a scale that goes above that. I can't I'm not, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but anyway. Um, so say joy's at joy's at nine hundred ninety nine. Um, enlightenment's at a thousand. We'll put it like that. And then the one that's at the worst is fear, grief, depression, despair, and powerlessness. Okay, what happens when you remove the power from somebody when you're standing in front of them? When you're rebuking them in front of other people? When you're scolding them in front of other people? You're shaming them. Well, okay, well, shame is right here. Shame is in right here at, um, okay, so I'm going to do this. We're going to start at the bottom. Grief. Grief is number 22. The top one is joy, number one. Okay, so fear, grief, depression, despair, powerlessness. 21, insecurity, guilt, unworthiness. 20, jealousy. 19, hatred and rage. 18, revenge. Anger, 17, discouragement is 16. That's where you're going to find shame at. When you start shaming, because you're right above that, it's blame, and that's where it starts at. We've got to have, find out who did it and why they did it. And so we need to find, we need to assign a blame to somebody. Stop doing that. 
That's wrong to do that. Don't even think that way. Get that even out of your thoughts. Don't even think about blame. Don't even think about any of these words other than what I'm saying right now. Okay, worry, number 14. That's a bad one, too, because Jesus talked about worry and said it's like not to do that because it's sin. It doesn't can't add anything to your life, and it's actually sin. He said it's sin. He said, actually said the word sin. It misses the mark. That's what the word sin means. It's an archery term, missing the mark. Missing what mark? The bullseye, dumbass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the bullseye. So, okay, number 13, doubt. Disappointments, number 12. Number 11, overwhelming. Number 10, frustration, irritation, impatience. I get caught in that one sometimes. Um, number 9, pessimism. Number 8, boredom. Okay? I don't know how many times I've heard somebody and also have said this. I'm bored. You know, and heard, I'm bored. I, I, I talk to people online. I'm bored. They're bored. Everywhere I hear, bored. Bored and lonely. Bored and lonely. Bored and lonely. Women out there, bored and lonely. Same thing. Guys, bored and lonely. Same thing. You know? Okay, so number 7. Now, there's a line here about boredom because the next, here's the difference. Now, check this out. Boredom is, is like the, the top of the bottom of the worst. The top of the worst. Of the, it's at the bottom of the list, but it's the top of the worst. Okay, or at the bottom of the worst, I mean. The top would be grief and all this. It's got a lot of really bad power. No power in any of that stuff. Boredom. There's a line. Then contentment. Okay, see the difference between boredom and contentment is the difference. There's a difference there. So the, there's a line there. So you want to dwell in the, above the line. Number seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one. Contentment, hopefulness, optimism, positive expectation and belief is number four. Number three is enthusiasm, eagerness, and happiness. Number two is passion. Number one, joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, and appreciation. And above that's enlightenment. Think about that, man. Okay, these things dwell at a certain rate. They have a number assigned to them. Anger was number 17 and it had the range of 200 whatever its vibrational equivalency is, 200. So when you take this stuff in or when you spit it out, you're spitting it out for people to eat. You're taking it in. It's, you're taking it in by the Spirit. You're taking it in by the Spirit. We're taking it in by the Spirit. We're taking it in, and we're eating that, and then, we, and then that becomes part of what we are. And then what, what do we do? We walk around, we pour more of that out of us, that's not the way of love. That's not the way, of, that's not the way to progress. That's not the way to success. That's, not the, that's definitely not success. No, success, man. You got to change your way of thinking so that you're in a place of joy. So you got to work on something. So put you up to so put you up a list, man. On top of my list was health and vitality because I was suffering with it, and it was sapping my joy. What do you think was next on the list? Joy, bliss, and happiness. Because I was unhappy as all hell. I had no bliss in my life, and I was completely unjoyful. I had no way of giving gratitude, and gratitude is one of the main ingredients when you're praying. It's one of the main ingredients in seeing freaking miracles happen, and one of the main ingredients for entering into his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. We enter into his courts with praise. It's a song we sing in church. It's also in the Psalms. David sang it, and we, you know, got it modified for, for you know, modern days, but modern day way, you know, but um, David wrote it. It was a song that he sang. It was a psalm. It's in the book of Psalms. I enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter your courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will be grateful for you have made me glad. You have made me glad. You have made me glad. I will be grateful for you have made me glad, glad, glad. You have made me glad. You have made me glad. I will be grateful for you have made me glad. I know I'm not in key or anything and don't judge my singing right now because I'm not. Um, my ears are all plugged up and crap. <laughs> I could have got my little pip, pipe, uh, my little pitch pipe out and said, oh. let's see. What key was that in? You have made me glad. That's way off. See, so this is D. D or D flat? Was that? We got D here. Oh yeah, I need to put it in D flat though. C sharp, D flat, whatever. My guitar's in C sharp, man. Yeah, baby. It's actually dad gad, but I dropped it down a step. 
Let's see what we got here. D, 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 C sharp, man. D sharp, D flat, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Anyway, um, just thinking around, about ready to wrap this up, guys. You want to be in a good position, man, to actually uh, take steps when you're going to do some things in your life, you know, like freaking big things, like, you know, man, maybe you want to buy a house, maybe you want to get married, maybe you want to just move out of the city you're living in and go to live in another city, or maybe you want to go travel, maybe you want to start a business, maybe there's, you know, a lot of things, there's a lot of maybe's we want to go do and we want to, but we get stuck sometimes. And one of the things that gets us stuck the most is our own attitude, and it is the way we handle other people, the way we talk about other people, the way we talk to other people, the way we talk to other people publicly, the way we talk to them behind their backs, behind their backs, the way we, you know, which we shouldn't be doing at all, the way we think, and this all comes back to our dwelling, what we think. And so, if you think a person is actually dwelling on freaking on on being freaking unkind to somebody and stuff like that, then they're not dwelling on Jesus, they're not dwelling on on they're not even dwelling on Christian theology, they're dwelling on some worldly thing, and then they're going around accusing other people of being worldly. Well, that's hypocrisy. And that, I'll tell you what, runs rampant in the church. It also runs rampant in our own lives, too. I can find places of hypocrisy in my own life. You can find it, too. We need to rid ourselves of those things because those things are unhealthy. Because anything that comes out from that, when, it, when it's there, anything that comes out at that point, man, like I've said all before, do your personal assessment and do it all the time. Take personal assessment, but don't be caught in a cycle of freaking trying to heal all the time because then you're caught in a cycle of trying to heal and not actually ever stepping into healing and not actually ever getting out and enjoying life because life is really to be enjoyed. It's not to be freaking, you know, bottled up somewhere in a freaking closet going, oh my God, I'm afraid. I know people are talking bad about me. <laughs> I lost friends. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I know it does hurt, but freaking, come on, man. How many friends have we lost? I'm in my 60s. I've lost a lot of friends, you know, and I've also gained a lot of friends too. I've actually actually break even all the time. So, you know, last one, gain one. I just made some new friends. You know, I can only stand, but I'm I'm the kind of person, I like having a lot of friends because I just, I'm friendly and I like people. I love people, man. I like helping people because people have helped me to be a better person. I've, I've been able to get to a position where I've understood things and I've been able to help other people to, you know, I've had discipleship ministries where I've helped other people. I've done all kinds of stuff like that. I've worked with the youth man for years, and, and so I love the youth man. The youth's awesome. What I want to do is get some money together, guys, and I want to build a freaking uh, skateboard park right here in Boise, um, right up here on the south end. I want to build actually a couple, not just one, but two or three up here on the south end, because there's nothing up here on the south end for any of these kids to do. Nothing. There's like parks, but they're, you know, go to a park, do what? Run around in the park and be what? Crazy? You know, in the grass, you're a skateboarder. You don't have a place to skateboard, but everywhere I go, there's skateboarders all over the city, you know, and they're kids, and I love it, man. Okay, so when Malad Street, we moved in on here, and Malad Street, when I live on here, I'm Malad Street, I'm staying right here right now. Going to move here pretty soon, away from here. But when I was down here, we moved in here, it was gravel. I was the first kid to ride a skateboard down Malad Street when they paved it. I was also the first kid to ride a bicycle, too, because I got up that morning, the next morning after they paved it, and they and then they took the signs down and said we could ride on it. I jumped on my bike, man. It was freaking seeking. It was really, really in the morning, man. I jumped on my bike, and I rode, and I, and I rode down to the freaking, uh, down to Vista, and I swerved out in the middle of the road, turned around, you know, flipped a U.A., and ride right all the way down Malad Street, clear down to Waihee Street. And then when they did a Waihee Hill, I was the first one to ride a skateboard down that, and I was the first one to ride a bike down it, too.
I made sure I was because uh, I told, I didn't tell any of my friends I was going to do it. I just went and did it. But I got up really early before anybody else did, about 4.30 in the morning, went and did it, did it before they took the signs down that time. Uh, I rode my skateboard down. It was cool as hell, man, because I was, in the hill down here, it was all ass down. Vista, I was going to be the first one to do a skateboard down it, but when I got up at the top of that, I realized there was too much traffic, so I said, no, I'm not going to do that. So, But I was the first one to ride my 10-speed down, though. I rode 10-speed down Vista Hill, and that's just right down here. So I covered the two hills in the, in the street I live on. That's kind of fun. So I love skateboarding. I don't do it. I can't do it. I haven't done it for so long. I freaking don't even know how to do it anymore. But, you know, and plus your body changes when you get older and stuff. And plus, you know, you got injuries and things like that. You don't want to get hurt and things like that. So you take second thoughts so you don't do it. But the thing is, is I want to build a skateboard park for these kids, man, because there's nothing for them to do. And, you know, I run into them. Now you got one downtown, but, you know, come on. We're up here on the bench. You know, we're like five miles from downtown, you know, roughly. Something like that. It's like four and a half miles, I think, like that, something like that. But um, from downtown and from that park. And, you know, these kids are like, you know, different ages. You know, some of them are real little. They got they to go down there, you know. Um, they can ride their bikes. There's parks to go to and hang out and stuff like that. But you know what? If I would have had a skateboard park when I was a kid, it would have been a lot better. You know, it would have been a lot better. It would have gave me something to do. There's another skateboard park that's out there on the freaking, um, there's only like two skateboard parks here. One downtown and one's like, uh, one's out in Meridian. There might be a couple other ones to be built around and stuff. And there might be one in Nampa. But there's nothing up here on the north end, up here on the south end for the kids to do. And then I started thinking about it. There ain't nothing on the east end. There's no skateboard park there. And there's nothing on the west side. No skateboard park there. Ain't nothing down on the north end except for, uh, you know, there's some parks, but not skateboard parks. And then, like I said, there's skateboarders everywhere. And they're youngsters. And they need something to do. So, And then, I'm, um, you know, got some other plans to build some other stuff. But I just, just something I was thinking about, right? you got to have a lot of energy to build these kind of things. you got to have a lot of energy. And um, there's ways to get energy. And we've talked about that before through breathing. I've got some exercises I do that I, I, I gather energy and stuff like that. But listen, here's the thing. You're not going to always have the same friends your whole life. So be cool, man. Don't worry about it, the ones that go. Try not to get into a freaking tussle or anything with anybody. You don't need to do that, You know, even if it's a word tussle. Just let them go. But it's okay to cut people off because you have to sometimes because sometimes they're holding you back. And I don't know how exactly how that works, but I do understand it because it's it's a principle. It's it's a spiritual principle, man. And uh, there can be dominating thoughts. Uh, we're connected to everybody and everything, but sometimes some people, our connections are stronger with other people, some people. And some of those connections have to go because sometimes their idea of your life, their vision for your life, is become a narcissistic value in their heart, and their and their and their focus on you is focused through that value, and so you're not going to ever ever escape that unless you do escape it, and you got to cut the tie in order to do it. So I'm going to do this right now. So this person I'm having this out with, I take my knife hand and I cut that soul tie off of my chest, and I and I ask and I thank you, Father God, for growing new soul ties and for going new friends, and for new partnerships in this life, this world. And I bless that person right now. You know who it is, Father. I bless them. They're still my brother. But I cut them off from their influence on my life so they are no more of a toxicity to me so I can have a healthy relationship growing that, in that place. In Jesus' name, amen. Cut it off. It's gone. And there you go, guys. All right, everybody. Peace out, baby. Don't touch your dial. Because <laughs> I'm going to come back, and it might be right away. Hey. <laughs> it just might be right now. <laughs> right on, everybody. I love you. You guys, man, keep it up, man. Keep spreading the word. Keep spreading the word. Keep spreading the word. Keep. Hey, remember, Jesus is on the throne, man. And in his name, you can see mountains move. You can see mountains mouth. No, you see mountains move. 
in his name. And there needs to be a lot of mountains moved for a lot of people on this earth. So get to praying, man, for some of these people that are going through hardships. And watch God do wonderful, wonderful, wonderful miracles and blessings in your life. Yep. And I declare that in Jesus' name. And I love you guys. Yahoo! Rev DDT, Universal Broadcast, broadcasting live across the universe. This is Rev DDT. <laughs> later, later.